Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Rest in peace, Big Olsen. Never skipped a leg day. And well, I just watched his highlights again this morning and he's right. What a powerful, powerful athlete. Chip and chase. He never stepped. He just ran straight over the top of players, and he will be sorely, sorely missed. And we've got someone to join us to maybe share some some insights and some memories of the great man Olsen. Uh, yesterday evening, we received the sad news that one of our sporting icons has fallen. Kiwi's Kiwi rugby legend Olsen Filipaina passed away aged 64, surrounded by friends and family in Sydney. A veteran of 29 tests for the Kiwis between 77 and 86. The Big O as he was affectionately known, was a Māori and Pacific icon, and his unique style will be remembered forever. Tony Kemp is with us this morning to pay his respects to the great Olsen. Thanks, Kempi, for joining us, mate. Good morning. Oh, morena, morena. Oh, kote tokoro. Ite Futsporo Riki, or Olsen Filipina, or Pauri Pauriahu. It's it's a sad, sad day, Um, having heard that news last night about um, my mate Olsen passing away. Uh, I did know that he had been in ICU for some time. I've spoken to Al Filipina about his brother, about the situation that they'd found themselves in with with Olsen. And um, when the news came through last night that Olsen had passed away, it it was such a... I guess reflecting on on how I viewed Olsen, it was just such a sad night uh, to get that news and and, and know finally that he's he's um, he's laid to rest. More my more my day it's cool Olsen. So um, yeah, it, he is he is arguably well. I I spoke about it in his book. Um, our best Kiwi. I, I said in the in the in his, at the time when they were writing his book that he should have been put in as one of the immortals. Um, they haven't got a Kiwi in the immortals uh, with Andrew Johns and Mel Meninga. But if you look at Austin's career, um, he is the he is the only bloke Wally Lewis struggled with. Every game that they faced yeah. against each other, 
if Wally Lewis is an immortal, um, also got the upper hand, and and everyone knows that. So if there was a if there was a a person that needed to be immortalised in rugby league in New Zealand, it, need, it needed to be awesome. In my eyes. Mm. Yeah, bro, I totally totally agree with you, man. Um, I was watching a few of his uh, highlights this morning and just getting a bit more of an understanding of the impact he made. On, on the league scene, and mate, what an absolute little bulldozer. Big, like, you know, small in stature, but big in heart. Just ran straight, ran hard, played hard, played fair. And, uh, mate, what what will, what will you remember Olsen by, mate? When obviously you knew him off the field, but more on the field, what, what kind of what made him so strong and what made it what set him apart from other league players? Well, there's, there's a, there's a, you know, I'm so glad you're celebrating his life. You know, although it's a sad time, we, we do need to celebrate the life of Olsen Filipino. First yeah. thing I, I remember him by is that we're from the same hometown. We're both from Kaikoui, up north, and both Māori. You know what I mean? So we're proud, we're proud Māori, and, and he was a pioneer in rugby league because he he was one of a few at the time that made it in Sydney and played in the NRL along with Mark Graham and and Clayton Friend at, um, way back in that era. Um, James Littlewife, Fred Akoi, you know what I mean? So um, he came through a system at the time where, where racism in Australia was massive, and he he pulled he the brunt of it, Olsen. Um, but he continued to play at that level and show us young Pacific Islanders um, and Māori boys down here in New Zealand that it was possible to make it into the NRL. So, you know... I wore that jersey after Olsen. You know, he was a caretaker of another six jersey for New Zealand, and I and I got to caretake that jersey for uh, a number of years after him. And uh, he was he was a, a huge reason why I wanted to play in that New Zealand jersey. So I watched him in the way that he dismantled the Australian team on his own at times, um, and mm. thought, and and I guess got the belief that you know the Kiwi could do that to such a great Australian team. You know, at the time, like I said, you know, you Peter Sterling, Wally Lewis, Melvin Inger, Gene Miles, you know, and the list, Gary Jack at the back, you get the list of greats go on and on. But on our side, with Mark Mark Graham, Clayton, and, and Wilson Philippine, Fred Arcoy, James Littleway, we had we had immortals as well. Um, and Olsen led the way. So, you know, I'm really glad that you're celebrating the life of Olsen. And, and, and the unfortunate thing about rugby leaguers is that, you know, we, he, he he should be a sir, you know what I mean. Regularly, mm. does it does it mm. an injustice when it when accolades um, are handed out by not accepting the prestige of those accolades uh, or even mm. putting themselves in the into the into the argument. Olsen Filipino should be sir Olsen Filipino. He should have been in rugby league circles yeah. and the Mad Butcher, um, especially because he comes from the Mangere club, Olsen will tell you that also Filipino is one of the pioneers of rugby league in this country, especially for young Māori boys and Pacific Islanders. So, um, although it's a really, really sad day, a lot of us look at Olsen and go, he's the reason we played rugby league. Hey, Kempius Baz here, mate. So, just obviously his accomplishments on the field are are unparalleled and he'd go down as one of the all-time greats, as you say, one of the immortals. What about his impact in the community, mate, like in the in the Maori and Pacific Pacifica communities, or in the wider community as well, what he, what was he able to accomplish there? Well, the you know the thing with Austin is when he went to Aussie, he didn't come home. Um, he lived here. He, he he was a 
same man when he went to Australia, you know, as as he was when he used to call him, um, call him to New Zealand on his holidays. You know, he he, he worked on the on the road trucks over there. He was fit as a fiddle, you know, mm-hmm. like playing tennis all his life, and used to just love talking about rugby league and and his his impact on especially the Pacific community, um, especially when I was growing up was, was one that you could you could actually go out there and achieve something um, by by watching Austin and, and, and what he did. You know, he, he bit the bullet. You know, so I've got to say, Baz, you know, a lot of people don't realise how tough it was for Austin. He used, he used to hate flying. Uh, I, mean, I, I, I remember some of the stories that used to come back to me when I was a kid that, you know, when he used to fly, he used to put all his Fano's photos up on the back of the seats and and pray the whole flight from here to England, so you know, because he used to think the plane was going to drop out of the sky. Um, but mm. he knew how important it was to the football team to get on that football field, not only to win football games, but but you know to show to show us kids that you can can, can actually get out there and do it. So um, you know, the Philip, the Philip Hyder name in rugby league is synonymous with with success. You know, you've got his brother that um, Alf that supports rugby league through um, governance currently. You know, um, and and his whole family um, support rugby league out in South Auckland, and, and a, a lot of that has to do with, I guess, their brother having played for New Zealand and supporting rugby league as a as a as a true icon in that New Zealand jersey. He never forgot. He never forgot where he came from, Austin. I remember a couple of years ago him walking into a New Zealand rugby league AGM and and really laying down the the law and why our game was suffering and what we needed to do, you know, he was that passionate about it, so although, you know he, he may have passed, he wasn't just a big in stature on the football field, he was big in stature off it as well, he had so much mana um, and uh, it won't be forgotten like, he's he's immortalised in, in, rug, in rugby league, he won't be forgotten by, especially by people like me, but especially by our, our South Pacific community mm. What about um? Are you got any funny stories about him, mate? Like, was he was he a humorous sort of man at times, or was it was it all sort of all business with? Uh, well, he was always he was always smiling, also, no? You know, he was he was always uh, smiling and smiling. Like, you, know, you know, the funny story. <laughs> you know, the funny story is for me is, is that he ran over Wally Lewis. I, I laughed at that all the time. I think that's hilarious. <laughs> that they've got a old statue boy outside a stadium, and every time Olsen walks past it, he laughs. You know what I mean? And, and, and I've said that publicly. I've said that in a book. You know, boy, imagine being Olsen walking past one of the statue at, um, at Lang Park. You'd just, you'd push your pants. Go, well, why are they going to pull the statue of him and not me? <laughs> oh, man, that's good. That is gold, mate. He'll be remembered uh, forever, mate. He'll go down as the one of the greats, if not the greatest uh, Kiwis player and league player in New Zealand, mate. So, or not even maybe around the world. So, uh, we appreciate your time. Just quickly before we let you go, and and you know we, we've reflected on Olsen. Let's talk about a bit of league news. Um, you know we cross over the ditch, and we've had a text message come through, Kimpy, just for you. Morning, Kimpy. What is your thoughts on this Reese Walsh news? If he was le- able, if he was to leave the club after this year, there's no fullbacks on the market. Only good one I can see is Matt Dufty. That isn't Flash. Well, what's your thoughts on that, mate? 
Oh, I'm not. Look, I'm not surprised. I, I sent a text. I sent a text message to Louis when it came out and, and said I'd be having recruitment issues <laughs> issues again. Look, I'm not surprised. As you know, like the, the contracts aren't worth the paper they're written on at the moment. It's something the NRL needs to sort out. This, op- this open agent market that they have, where players are sitting on two-year contracts and they're negotiating their, their contract and pop and their exit, has to stop. You know. The, Especially for the fans' sake, because it, it throws our fans in turmoil in New Zealand. Not, but everyone's thinking mm. now, geez, we've got a, a we've got a gun, and he's about to go and play for the Dolphins. And I wouldn't believe Wayne Bennett either, because Wayne Bennett always says, "I I don't know where that story comes from. I, I don't know who's no one's talked to him." And I'll tell you next week, it'll be he signed for the Dolphins. You know what I mean? So <laughs> it's a it's a real bad state that they get um, yeah. themselves in. But it, it, it's not Reese's fault. The system allows him to do that. Mm. And, and until they change the system, and that's that's what the NRL need to do, you're always going to get these stories. Uh, no, there isn't any fullbacks on the market that are any good. No, there isn't any halfbacks, and there definitely aren't any hookers. So if you're in the spine, you're demanding big money, and of course it's going to be thrown at you when you've got a new club coming in. And Reese Walsh will be talked to by the Dolphins. Don't listen to Wayne Bennett. He's just too smart for everybody, that fella. <laughs> Sure is. <laughs> and, and, hey, and before we go, boys, I hope you got on Cinerama yesterday, paying $4.30. Oh. Did you tip well, them out? I was just about to ask you, you about that. We tipped them out. I was yeah, just about to ask you about that because it's very difficult to win the wire wrap of breeders. You've got to be a very, very good horse to win that race. And Cinerama obviously followed from Tabata last season in winning that race. But you've got a couple. Well, Sharrick's got a couple in today as well. Alapuni, have you got a stare for us at all, Kempi? Oh, look, I, I would just put his horses in a multi. Oh, Alan is flying at the moment. Um, you know, all of his horses are there or thereabouts around the money. And I think I, I think the last time I did drive with, um, geez, he's a good bloke, Beaver. You know what I mean? He's, I looked at him, he'd be, he would have been a good player, Beaver, just because he's a good bloke. We would have picked him in the team just so we'd laugh. Um, but yeah, look, I, I would, I would follow, I would follow Alan and put his horses in the multi. Um, she is a good horse, as you know. She's won that race twice, um, so hopefully we can get her for the legs next season and and get some start get some good horses out of it and put her to some good studs because you know she's. I think she's got to win a couple. She might go. Uh, she might go to Group One next. We're just talking about that, but. Um, she's she's fixed up her issues in the gates and got out yesterday and yeah. I thought Maddie Cameron there was a peach of a ride she should never have won from where she got to in that far back yesterday but mm. she just got that real turn of foot over 200, 200 metres and got her nose in front so it was, it was, it was, it was, it was although it was sad to hear the news yesterday it was also good to see that she got up and she, and she can still win big races were you able to have a little uh, little celebration for uh, for both Olsen and then a different sort of celebration for Cinerama? Oh, 100%. And Thursday night, state night too, so, um, you know, <laughs> you, know you, you take the, <laughs> the bride out and sit, sit, sitting out having a cup of tea, uh, a cup of tea and, a, and a couple of glasses of wine and, and you know, on the back of Cinerama's win and then the news came through around Olsen, so um, it wasn't a good end to the night, but, yeah, it was a it was a good 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 to see who winning, mate. Just put it that way. Okay, well we're, we're going to let you go in a seat, but just before that, you just mentioned date night, and you're a, you're a man that might be able to pass <laughs> on. You know, Joe in the kitchen out the back. Joe's going through a, a couple of dilemmas. Him as good. Oh, mate, he's still so going through advice that. for. Well, no, she's it's officially yeah, I, over today, as he put it, terminated the relationship. Have you got any yeah, advice I, for Joe? I, I, 
I have got some advice for Barat. Um, Barat, <laughs> should actually, he, should, he should go out today, he should spend last week's earning on a suit, suit up <laughs> and get yourself up to Ponsonby, mate, and get yourself into the long room tonight and dance until the, and dance until the lights come on. And I bet you he won't he won't go home alone. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> sound. Sage advice, Kempy. Sage advice. Mate, absolute champion. Thanks heaps for coming coming on the show. Or well, you're you're part of the show really. So thanks heaps, mate. We really appreciate it. Congratulations, yesterday on Cinerama and uh Cheers, Kempy. an amazing um amazing tribute as well. Thank you, mate, to uh to Olsen Filipina, thanks, your thanks, brother. Boys. So, thanks, thanks, for, thanks heaps, mate. Thanks for celebrating Olsen. Thanks for celebrating Olsen's guys. Talk soon. Yeah, 7.43 in the morning. It is time for our Waikato Stud Racing Preview for this Friday. And we're off to see the best, the top of the pile, Jamie Richards. It's a massive Group 1 weekend here in New Zealand and also in Australia. There's chances across the board. Stars like Very Elegant, Probabil, emerging talents like Espiona and two Group 1s to sink our teeth into it. Tarapa, oh, Jamie Richards has his hands all over the weekend with his Tiakao runners. He's on the line now. He joins us. Very good morning, Jamie. Hey, Bench, how's it? Good, mate. Very good, actually. Pretty fizzed up for the weekend, thinking tomorrow's a good punting mm. day, but there's a little bit to get our, sink our teeth into today as well. You got a few few nice chances today? Yeah, chances without sort of getting carried away. Um, uh, a few of those have, you know, had a few goes and don't win out of turn, so uh, I certainly think the quality of also got racing tomorrow would be something to look forward to. Okay, we'll get on to that very soon. Mate, you're, uh, are you winding down before you go to Hong Kong or are you still trying to keep your eyes on what's here and, and then worry about uh, worry about the Hong Kong opportunity in time? No, I've still got a job to do here um, uh, with Tiakia and uh, yeah, we've got some great racing for the rest of the season and a lot of nice horses that we think can win some good races. So uh, certainly full noise at the moment, um, getting around and... And seeing plenty of yearlings as well with the, with the national sale coming up um, uh, first week of March. So yeah, now we're 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 full noise and uh, and enjoying it. Yeah, just um, talk to us a little bit about that, uh, like going around and seeing all the yearling parades and and things. So, well, you cover about a thousand horses over the over the next little while, and and what just try and reduce your catalogue down to something you that you that you guys have a target at. How does how's it all work? Yeah, so it's very much a, a team effort for us. We all get round and and, um, and look at all of the horses. They like to get round and have a look at them on the farm, um, see them in their in their natural environment, have a chat to the stud masters, um, sort of see where they're at, and um, uh, go around and, and then we sort of try and form a bit of a a bit of a long shortlist and go around and, and have a look at those again at uh, at Karaka. Um uh, and then you know get the vets involved and 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 you know just keep relooking and rechecking and and uh, David Ellis and um, obviously Mark Walker's coming back uh, and we've got a you know good good team of us that go around and have a look at all the horses so we slowly just keep peeling it back and, until the you know until the ones that we really like are at the top of the list. Nice, nice, Jamie. Hey, is he here, mate? Great to have you on the show. Um, quickly, just after last weekend's uh, abandoned race meetings, not ideal, but for you, how's this week been, being able to manage this you know, stable of your size, um, so many horses in your stable, to, to get them ready and ready to, to jump out tomorrow and today? Uh, yeah, pretty frustrating 
uh, is he? Um, but, mm. you know, I guess uh, there's a number of factors at play there, you know, weather and um, uh, tracks and caretakers and, and, you know, probably a lack of, I'd say a lack of resource, probably a lack of human power. Um, you know, there's there's so many different things that go into into that equation. But um, you know, it's just unfortunate for the whole industry that um, the owners just have to just have to keep paying, just keep footing the bill for all of these stuff ups. Um, so, you know, I guess this week uh, we had horses that ran at Tar- well, that were to run at Tauranga on Sunday, and and then they were sort of moved to racing at, at Real Kaka on Wednesday, and most of those horses that went to Tauranga on on Sunday, um, raced poorly at Ruakaka on, on, on the on the Wednesday because they sort of done a bit of travelling and, and all of those sorts of things. So, uh, look, we've got we've got a lot of horses around us and, and we just have to soldier on. But um, you know, hopefully this weekend we can we can enjoy a, a bit of a better spell with the weather and, and hopefully enjoy some good racing on on some good tracks. Yeah, mate, I'm looking forward to this weekend ripping in Ballon Rouge, Opie Boston on on board. Anything that Opie and yourself are training, I'm I'm all for, mate. So uh, quickly, just for uh, give it over to Bears. I want to ask you. Yesterday there was the news about harness racing, slot races. They had a nine hundred thousand um, dollar race. You buy a slot and you enter in, a bit like the Everest. Uh, you, could you see something like that happening in the thoroughbred game? And, and is that something that would excite you in New Zealand? I know we've got crack of millions and, and huge meetings around the country, but could you see something? Evolving from what's happening in harness racing, harness racing. Yeah, I think it's a it's a great concept. Obviously, um, uh, you know you've got your traditional races like your like your Caulfield and your Melbourne Cups and in Australia and the Thoroughbred Code. But then, as you say, you've got your races like the Everest, um, and there seems to be a lot of new announcements. Racing New South Wales, and I'm, uh, I'd say that Racing Victoria will be following on with. Um, uh, big money sort of races and, and hopefully that might be something that is worth looking at in, in New Zealand in times to come. Um, mm. I think um, I think uh, uh, NZTR is on the right track. Um, we've just got to keep making steady increments and, and you know trying to get as much money back into stakes as we can for uh, for the owners um, and obviously news during the week of the new CEO and Bruce Sherrick who uh, has an mm. exciting appointment. Mm. He's got a um, uh, you know, got a lifetime experience in the game and brings some um, uh, some great qualities from from outside of uh, the racing industry in terms of his uh, sports management sort of background. Um, so, that, you know, hopefully some really exciting times in, in front of New Zealand racing as as we look forward into and the seasons to come. Yeah, yeah, not that it's going to bother you in the seasons to come, mate, because you're going to be up there making all that moolah up in uh, Hong Kong. What an exciting opportunity. (laughs) (laughs) Exciting opportunity that is in front of you as well. Are you really looking forward to it, or is there a bit of of, uh, hesitancy or or nerves? Uh, Yeah, I guess excited and and a little bit scared. You're sort of, uh, uh, how how do you put it, you're sort of, um, I guess you're a big fish in a, in a pretty small pond here in New Zealand and that's that's great but um, I think as James McDonald said when he went to Sydney um, you know sometimes you've got to step outside of your comfort zone and, and be the be the small fish in the big pond and, and have a bit of a crack so it's certainly um, uh, you know it's not going to be plain sailing I'd say the first 12 or 18 months until we sort of get established it's going to be pretty pretty hard and you'll and you get a bit homesick and all of those sorts of things I said to him um, I said to Danielle last night, we better pack up some of these 
some of these trophies and, and take them up there with us just in case we don't get a few for a couple of years just to remind us that we actually, <laughs> that we actually can do it. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's going to be a challenge, boys, but um, something that we're really looking forward to. Oh, mate, we're so so bloody proud of you as well. It's going to be awesome to follow your progress up there as well. And you just mentioned Danielle. She obviously had a, a full, pretty bad fall just recently. How's how's she? Uh, how's her progress going? Progress is really good. Um, she's due a X-ray um, in about ten days' time. To, uh, so yeah, six days' time. Sorry, next Thursday. A uh, little bandage change in an X-ray and hopefully a moon boot. Um, so she's <laughs> uh, roughly. About six weeks post, you know, post the uh, post the New Year's Day races, where where the where the fall unfortunately happened. So um, yeah, we're, we're on the I'd say we're on the right side of it now, um, and, and yeah, everything everything's going well. Uh, excellent. Well, before we let you go, mate, what about uh, this weekend? You got Probabil and Trivier, Felicien, Ballon Rouge. All this crack team is out there. What uh, what are you expecting? I uh, expect them to, you know, hopefully, hopefully get a couple. Um, I think Probabil and, and Carmelas just touch on them quickly in the last. Just struggling there with. We lost them. Jamie, that no! was, that was, we're going to get the good oil no! there. No. <laughs> no! I'll tell you what we'll do. I'll tell you what we'll do. I'll get Jamie. We'll text Jamie and we'll we'll get him to uh, to give us a little bit of a steer on what he was what he was going to say there. Well, this weekend we had the champ Israel Adosanya. At work again with his middleweight bout up when the rematch with Aussie Robert Whitaker headlines UFC 271. The city kickboxing crew are preparing to dominate the card, and Scott Fontana will be the, uh, will be all over the action for the New York Post. He's a jet of a UFC reporter, and he is on the line now to share some insights. Good morning over here, Scott. How are you, mate? I'm doing well, Izzy and Baz. How are you guys? Good. good. Very, very good. Thank you so much for joining us. I know you're on the other side of the world. We appreciate your time. But, mate, UFC 271, for New Zealanders in particular, we have a big, big team over there. Three fighters fighting in the card, prelims, undercard, and the main event. We are up and about, mate. How has the week been? Has the hype been real over there? You know, it, it's kind of it's kind of a strange thing because I think that there was more hype for the previous uh, month's fight with uh, Francis Ngannou and Cyril mm. Gann. I think that one had a little bit bigger hype, mm. but this one, I know that there are people who are very interested in this rematch. I'm among them. I, I think this will go, uh, I think it's going to be a better fight than the first one was three years ago. Not that that was a terrible fight. Like, mm. People just remember the knockout. But it actually was a pretty decent yeah. fight until, I mean, we, we knew who was better like, by the end of the day. But it was still a solid watch. And I think this one will be too. What's your take then? What, what's your take? How do you think this match is going to unfold? I, I totally agree. I think um, Robert Whitaker would have learned a lot in those last few years. And there was all, obviously a lot of things going on in his life during that week of the fight uh, with his daughter and, and things like that. How do you see this unfolding come Sunday? I think he's going to be a lot more patient. We've seen a much more patient Robert Whitaker over the last few years. Uh, I think especially against Kelvin Gastelum his last time out. That was probably his bell-to-bell best performance uh, of his career even. Um, so I, I think we could probably see a lot more, um, a lot less of him, I guess, overextending on you know, some of those right hands that he kind of threw and left himself wide open for counters and that kind of thing. Um, I imagine we'll probably see a little bit more 
uh, of the grappling mixed in as well. So I think this will be a little bit more of a complete MMA bout. But at the end of the day, I do think uh, Adesanya is still the much more complete fighter uh, and the better fighter. He's in his prime. Whitaker, not necessarily out of his prime, but he's certainly at the edge of it, if not. Uh, I, I feel like Whitaker is going to put on a good show, but I think Adesanya is going to take a decision. Hey, Scott, it's, uh, it's Baz here. Just talk to us a little bit about how big Izzy Adesanya is. Like, is he is he just a huge, huge star in the sport now? I think he is. Um, you know, it, it's he's not at that Conor McGregor level yet. I think Conor crossed over in a way that is it's, it's hard to reach. But I think Adesanya is probably at that next level where he's like absolutely one of the biggest stars in combat sports, but not necessarily a transcendent star uh, for everybody else just yet. I think that could come for him, though. He's so fascinating. He's he's sharp. He's thoughtful. He's quick-witted, funny. Uh, I think that given time, people will see that even more in the mainstream as well. Yeah, I was going to ask that. Is, do you think it's not just his fighting ability, but also his, his personality and, and what he sort of brings, um, you know, the profile that he, that he has and, and what he tries to create? Do you think that plays a big part to it? Oh, it has to. I mean, in the fight game, you know, you can't just be good. You've also got to be interesting. Uh, if you really want more people to pay attention to you, that's Connor played that to a T, of course. We know that. Um, Ronda Rousey, it worked <laughs> for her as well. You know, th- th- this is this is the way it works. But but when it comes down to it, um, he's got everything. I think he has this magnetism about him that, again, it really just needs to be exposed to more people. I think what he needs is he needs now he had that classic fight with Kelvin Gastelum himself a few years ago, but that was in the co-main slot. He was still on the come up. He wasn't really top billing yet. He needs a fight, not necessarily at that level because that was a, an amazing fight, but he needs a really classic kind of war or maybe some sort of foil to be you know his rival yeah. that gets people really pulled in. We we thought maybe mm. uh, Paulo Costa was going to be that way, and it clearly was not the case. Uh, so he needs somebody that kind of brings out even the best out of uh, him from the other perspective of, hey, can he lose? Mm. Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. The last couple of fights have been pretty slow, and, and we haven't seen too much. Paulo Costa, he just annihilated his quads. I can't even believe Paulo Costa is still walking. Um, quickly, just tell us about his new contract. There's been rumors, and he spoke about his contract, uh, rumors that it's uh, he's second, second highest paid ever to Conor McGregor. What are the numbers? What, what are you assuming uh, Israel Adosanya is getting paid? Because from what I'm hearing from his interviews and his coach's reaction, that's going to be quite a lot. You know, it's, it's really hard to say. Um, he's saying that he believes that he's the second highest paid on the UFC roster now. I don't know that that meant all time. It could be. Um, that is what he's saying. Other than that, he's being very, very tight-lipped about this. I actually spoke with uh, Israel about an hour and a half ago. Um, and I've asked him, tried to ask him questions about the contract, asked him questions about that trickle down effect that he spoke of, hoping it will uh, you know, help other fighters. And every question that I asked, no matter how vague was, that's for me to know and for you to find out. So he doesn't want anyone to know <laughs> anything about this. <laughs> oh, it's gotta be substantial. Let's be honest, mate. Let's be honest. But all right, let's talk about the UFC, mate. How fast is the UFC growing globally? And tell us about the situation with Dana White and Jake Paul, the things that Jake Paul's doing uh, for the fighters. Do you think it's a fair 
Do you think what um, Jake Paul's trying to do represent the fighters, make them get paid, um, you know, what they deserve? Do you think that has had an effect on the UFC, and and is that affecting Dana White? And what's your take on the whole Jake Paul UFC? I don't think it's had any actual like tangible effect on anything the UFC does to this point. I think it's kind of an annoyance for them because now you have people like you guys, people people all over the world are now starting to kind of really pay attention to the fact that these guys maybe weren't paid as well as maybe assumed. So now it really kind of will be incumbent on in the few in the coming years maybe for fighters to be cognizant of that, try to push for better wages. Uh, we already see maybe the beginnings of that now with Francis Ngannou. So that's a kind of a curious situation to watch. But I do think that what Jake Paul is doing is at very least bringing awareness to this thing. And, and, and that can affect business down the road. But right now, I think it's pretty status quo. All right. All right. Awesome. Awesome. USC 271. For you, apart from the main event, the fight of the night, where do you see, where do you see fireworks erupting in the UFC 271? Ooh, you know what? I'm actually very interested on the early prelims. There's a fight between Alexander Hernandez and Hinato Moicano at lightweight. I really like that matchup. I don't know if it's necessarily going to be fight of the night, but I think it, it's one of those that could end in a very exciting finish one way or the other. I think you could see a knockout from uh, Hernandez. You could see uh, a submission, a very exciting submission from Moicano. And a fight like that, these are guys that I think could be kind of part of that next wave at lightweight. That could be maybe not championship contenders, but at least in the top 10 names we'll see very often up there. So I'm interested to see how that one goes. That one really hyped me up. Beautiful. Nice. Nice. Something to sink our teeth into there. Hey, um, just quickly, Scott, before we let you go, um, we know how big Izzy is to the UFC. What about the gym um, city kick uh, kickboxing from Auckland? Are they... Are they sort of making waves over there? Is there a bit of talk about them? Oh, I think there's a lot of respect for what uh, Eugene Berriman and, and his team are doing in City Kickboxing. I, they're, the, the athletes that are coming out of there, are they're fun. They're interesting. Uh, they're making waves too. I, I think they gain a lot of respect over here. They're, they're certainly mentioned in the same conversation as some of the gyms that we have over here, you know, like ATT and AKA and that kind of thing. I don't know if they're at the same level that we perceive. Cause obviously in America, you know, we, we love, we love our American gyms as well, but um, <laughs> city kickboxing gets as much respect as anybody. I really think so. Oh, beautiful. Well, we love them over here. We absolutely love them. They're doing great things for New Zealand on the big stage. Quickly. Last one. If Izzy gets the job done, he gets over Whitaker. What next for Izzy Arasanya? Uh, I would say either the winner of, the Brunson and uh, Jared Cannonier fight that's also on the main card of the, uh, the pay-per-view. If, it, it probably needs something to be interesting out of that, like whether you know Brunson gets a finish or Jared Cannonier gets a finish, or it could be Sean Strickland who just won the other day. Okay. Okay. Well, we look forward to seeing what unfolds on Sunday. I think it's going to be a tight, tight match. I think Rob Whitaker would have learned lots from... Yeah, a few years ago when Melbourne, when he got dropped in that second round. But we really appreciate your time, Scott Fontana, on the Baz and Izzy for Breakfast Show. That was our McCafe coffee catch-up. Thank you so much, mate. And uh, we'll get you back next week for a reaction, hopefully. <laughs> that sounds fun, Baz and Izzy. Appreciate it. Take care, everybody. <laughs> awesome. There he is. Scott Fontana out of the New York Post. He's, uh, wow. Baz, he kind of... Oh, 
you know, I jumped in it. I'm like, this global superstar. And he said, wow, it's not really the last fight between Nganu and, and, and uh, oh, what's his name? I forgot his name. Ghana. Ghana, yeah. Um, was bigger, which is fascinating, really. Which is fascinating. I thought this would be right up there. But, hey, Kiwis in Australia going for battle in Houston. It's, um, yeah, it was pretty surprising that it wasn't quite much hype. But that, but that's the sport, right? Like that's the beauty of the sport is it is a global sport, and and so while what gets us up and about is is the Adesanya, right? Like that's what's that's waking uh, waking up New Zealand to UFC. Whereas for over there, they've got their their own fighters that they have an intrigue in, and 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 various other places around the world. So that's the beauty of it. You just you get all these athletes come from different parts of the world are able to raise the profile of the UFC. So. Really fascinating. Look, I think, oh, the other thing I found fascinating, he's never been, like, he's humble, but he's never been uh, backward and coming forward about anything in, in his life, is he Adesanya, except this contract. Mm. <laughs> he, he's like, he's trying to keep it on the down low, just how much he's sort of, how much he's made. So, good, good crack from <laughs> He's He's a ripper, oh, isn't he? Do you know oh, him very well, mate? He is a ripper. I've met him, I interviewed him last year with, with Sky, and, mate, he was great. And I, he actually taught, he actually, when he was fighting Paulo Costa, he actually told me what he was going to do. So he'd lie with his eyes, and he'll stand there, and he'll kick his quad, kick his quad, and then he'll dummy kick his quad because he'll go to check it, and then he'll come over the top and kick him in the head. And he did it against Paulo Costa, and I was just like, oh, my gosh. So he's got a plan, and I was standing there next to him. And he just had these glaring white eyes just looking at me. I was just like, oh, well, we, I wouldn't want to see him in the back mm-hmm. alley, I'll tell you that. But, um, nah, he's a fascinating character. And, and like always, like always, you've got to have a bit of personality to you. You've got to have a bit of something that's a little bit different. The, you know, the Ronda Rouseys, uh, the John Jones, you know, something that's a little bit different that separates him from someone else. And, well, he spoke about it. He spoke about it. As he spoke about what, how much respect he has for the one and only Conor McGregor. Um, you know, real recognize real. He's um we're on the same team when it comes to paradigm, you know, G Pizzle. Um yeah, I think I'm second place now when it comes to highest paid fighter on the roster. And yeah, well, active right now, but um Connor is a guy that I've I've admired from the jump. From the jump when he fought Marcus Brimage. And he's a guy that He's a performer. So when he said perform, I know what he means. We know, like, you don't just go in there and fight. You perform. Look at the last fight with Whitaker. That was a f***ing rock star concert. Like, you know, I gave a song and dance, the whole thing, shining. So, yeah, we understand the, the magnitude of stepping up in the main event, not just showing off, but showing out. So, yeah, I appreciate Connor and I appreciate what he's done for the game because whether you like him or not, fucking raise the bar he raised the bar for everyone even you guys in here like the whole game is better because of him ronda rousey did that as well in her time um but yeah connor's definitely set the bar and i look to do the same before i'm done with this game here you go here you go he's just honest mate doesn't hide anything apart from his contract he's honest with with how he portrays (laughs) him he doesn't kid himself what you see is what you get Anyway, that's enough of the UFC talk. We're going to come back very, very shortly with our TAB live catch-up this week with Pip Morris, Baz, because, well, Paulie Mwari was giving us a bit of stick for having Monday off. He's never here on Friday, so I don't know what he was on about. Anyway, that was Scott Fontana talking about the UFC, Izzy Arasanya, 
and City Kickboxing fighting this weekend. We'll be back very shortly with Pip Morris. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Thanks to the Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. For Baz and Izzy's UFC Fight Club quiz. Thanks to Musashi Energy Drinks, Energy Amplified, fueling Carlos Olberg at UFC 271. Oh, yes. Musashi Energy Drinks, fueling Carlos Olberg at UFC 271. A lot of texts we're going to get to in a minute, and a lot of them want to know what we're punting again. We will get that out to you very soon, but for now, it is time for our UFC quiz. Give yourself a chance to win. The Masashi prize pack worth $50. We need your help. We need your callers on the phone. I've got my caller, Mitchell. He's going to help me out on Team Bears. Is he? <laughs> You're all alone. Maybe you could get Louis, send you two, put this quiz together. Ah. Anyway, <laughs> maybe Louis Give can help you in the background. What do you reckon? That's a good <laughs> idea. Yeah, Why don't Louis and his, Louis oh, and his take on. on Mitchell and Bears? What do you reckon, Mitchell? We're gonna take this so bad. Yeah, let's do it. All right, let's do it. Bring it. You've you've got. Bring it. Okay. All right, let's do it. Is he? Is he? Just go. Obviously, I can't be (laughs) in the quiz because I've got the answers. But is he? You're pretty much. You're one v two. This is kind of like one of those. (laughs) Well, has has Kiz seen the quiz? Kiz, you seen the quiz? Jesus, sort of. Jesus. <laughs> it doesn't and, work. And no, you're on your own. Joe's elsewhere, so I'm on my own. All okay, right. let's go. Okay, well, Izzy, because you're on your own, you get the first. No, no coin flip. There's a handicap today. You get the first question. Sweet as. How yeah. many? How many city kickboxing athletes are there at UFC two seven one? Like, need a bit of clarity. Are they fighting or at? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> fighting. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> Three. <laughs> Google guy. Oh, Google guy. Yeah. All right, 1-0 Izzy. 1-0 Izzy. Mitch and Baz on the back foot. All right, here we go, Mitch. You first, <laughs> and then we can go to Baz. Which heavyweight boxer has shared respects and compliments with Israel Adesanya over the past 24 hours? Ooh, and don't overthink it. Job, We're talking heavyweight. We're talking like the creme de la creme. Shred that boat. not Oh, you want to just jump on their back, Louie, or what? <laughs> Good Izzy. work. Izzy. Good work, Mitchell. Izzy, you've got this, bro. You got the first. Right. Here we go. Which decade right. was the UFC launched in? Hmm. <sighs> I'm going to need an answer. Nine... 90s. Oh, uh, Google guy, what? I, I can see his oh, hands. Okay. Oh, no, you see can see me. I can nah, see you. Here's a daisy's in the background with the computer going. <laughs> <laughs> flicking around the screen. On, He's trying nah. to give off the impression. What do you got, Mitchell? That's all right. Level it up for us, Mitchell. <laughs> all right. How did Izzy Adesanya beat Robert Whitaker in their first fight? What start? What was the method of victory? Second round, TKO, mate. Oh, that'll do. Yes, Mitchell. Go right. on, son. Hey, Izzy, this is your chance. You're on mm, match point. Okay. You can win it here. Yeah, bye. Which Brazilian yeah. fighter did Conor McGregor knock out famously in 30 sec- 13 seconds? Ah. Five. Oh, three. Two. Three. No, it's not. Shush, 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 shush. Ah. Mitchell, right around the eye, and to take the Musashi. Oh, mate. Google it. 
I'm not Googling like you, mate. It's uh, Jose Aldo. It's got to be Jose Aldo. Yes, Richard. I knew that one. I watched that fight too. Waste of money. <laughs> Bloody hell. Now, well done. Well, we're going to let you win, bro. I can't win $50. I don't need it. <laughs> yeah, here's a tip. You would have taken, taken the prize back anyway, Mitch. Congratulations, brother. <sighs> Shot, Mitchie. Oh, cheers, lads. Thanks, yeah, well done. <laughs> well done. That's a Masashi Energy Drinks Energy Amplifier Fuel and Carlos Olberg at USC 271 $50 Masashi prize pack Jose going Mitchell's Albert. way. Good fight, though. Had well done. In you, you're strong there. Had his face, strong. Had his face in my mind because I watched that fight. I booked it. I, was in, I knew exactly where I was. And I watched it. We real quick. I was up and about. Knocked him straight out. Um, but yeah. Well done to Mitchell, mate. Well done to Mitchell. 